Episode 373 of the Too Thick Pod, your home for all things sports, cards, levity. It is a beautiful, snowy Sunday morning as I'm recording. I'm Jeremy, joined as always by my son, Manny. Good morning, young man. Good morning. Get to talk to you two days in a row. Um, it's snowing out. I, <laughs> I, haven't, even snowing. Left the, I haven't even left my house. Um, it's early. Uh, Jeremy has me up at the butt crack of dawn to record this episode. I appreciate it. Anything for my anything for pops. So, welcome to. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I told the I told the young boy he got a boot in his ass and said, you know what, son? If we're gonna take over the world and be the best damn sports card pod where people have their hobby release, you're gonna have to get up. It's gonna be long hours of hard work, manual labor, and we're gonna get the job done. So I dragged his ass out of bed, gave him a little major pain style, and here we are. <laughs> He read me that train book, got me all excited. Now, now I got some energy. Yeah, read a train book, not watched a video about a train. Two different things. One is something that's wholesome and good and dear to me. One is a, a lifestyle that Manny possibly <laughs> participates Never in. Never me. So, Jeremy, I told you, I said we're. I, it's the second day I get to see you, right? We went mm-hmm. to a card show yesterday. My first one of the year, your 10th already, we're in January, but we went yep. to uh, Troy, the Troy show, Troy car show. I don't know what they call it, but it's, it was in Troy, Michigan. <laughs> yep. And, yeah. Uh, so no, no, we, we linked up yesterday. Manny made the trek out. It was about an hour and a half or so east of where you live, about 45 minutes south of me. And it's a, it's a routine show. I think it's twice a month. And then the owner the owner or the person who puts on the show does another one in Taylor, which is downriver. And so we decided because of some family commitments that I had to link up at the Troy show. And we ended up spending a good five, six hours together yesterday at the show. We did. It was uh, when I got there, I was like, there was no parking in the parking lot. I was like, you know what people say? The hobby's alive. And I was like, what is going on? I can't find a fucking parking spot for like 15 minutes um, called Jeremy panicky. I'm like, there's no spots. What are we going to do? I get in there and, uh, on the stage, there's this big roided out older guy. And I'm looking, I'm like, Oh shit, that's Jose Canseco. The Jose Canseco was doing autographs. So there's a shit ton of people there, um, trying to get some autographs. So it was kind of unique to see the things that people wanted autograph. I saw a couple pictures of, uh, you know, him taking roids, Ball hitting his head and going over the home run. Him getting knocked out um, and barstool, the ring of whatever they call it. So it was crazy. I wouldn't do that with that guy. That, that dude's buff. So, I don't know. Very packed. So, can I make a confession before we jump into the show? You took Because I feel like I, I can't I, – no, no. I can't live this lie anymore. No, I'm like super against that too, by the way. I don't care that other people do it, but – it's not something that's ever interested me. It just doesn't seem like it would be real. And again, I'm not knocking anybody else who, who does that or is on the trend train. Um, just not my cup of tea, but something I want to admit, and I'm probably going to lose my man card and whatever. I, you know, I, I don't give a shit, but I know nothing about barstool. I've never cons- consumed barstool stuff. And I realize as I go out and I'm with large groups of dudes, 
you know, whether it's for a work function or at Top Golf or something like this, everybody references Barstool. And I quickly realized I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. So you, I heard about this Barstool thing 50 times yesterday and I just smiled and shook my head. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what the hell it is. I know nothing about Barstool. Isn't it like Dave Portnoy eats pizza and then isn't go. there like uh, there you go. The, the punter, Pat McAfee, the WWE guy? Pat That's McAfee. Like, he used to be on it. He used to, and then he's not on it anymore. It's okay, basically... so I, I don't, I know nothing about Barstool. It's, it's ESPN with a little bit of more podcast, but it started off as like ESPN, but uncensored. They could say whatever they want, okay. and that's how they got. But they do this thing called Rough and Rowdy, where it's basically like you ever uh, in Michigan. It started in Michigan, the Ring of Honor, where you got Butterbean. Do you remember Butterbean? Um, the, the boxer, boxer. the, king, the yes. king of the four rounder. Yes, so that's rough and rowdy is kind of like that. And Jose Canseco fought someone that was one of their employees and got knocked out by their employee. Okay. And isn't Ring of Honor a long-standing wrestling promotion that used to be like? Isn't it owned by AEW? AEW's owner Tony Khan. Maybe I maybe I said it wrong. Ring of Honor. I saw, I watched AEW a couple days ago, so that's probably where I got it. But okay. Butterbean definitely was one of the fighters on that show. <laughs> yeah, so no, no, I, I, I just want to throw that. I know nothing about Barstool. It's not something I consume. I often hear people reference it. Uh, where I work, I'm in a group chat with like a lot of the project managers. They reference it all the time. And I don't participate in group chats anyway, just because I'm a special kind of asshole like that. Yeah, you are. But I saw that and I was just like, yeah, I got no idea what the hell anybody's talking about. So anyway, I digress. Jose Canseco is there. Foot traffic is absolutely bananas. I've been to that show many a time, and to see the foot traffic was absolutely nuts. Yeah, it was it was insane. I so I went on Father's Day. That was my first time going last year, and half the tables were gone because it was on a Sunday. So this is a three day show: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No one was there. I was like, this looks depressing. As a show, there's no one here. But then this time, I was like, holy cow, there's no parking. And you were kind of shocked when I said that. You're like, wait, no parking? That makes no sense. But So I, I was talking to a dealer, um, and he he actually frowned upon having big signings at card shows. And I was kind of wanted your opinion because it didn't make sense to me because in my eyes, it brings traffic to the card show. But he, he said it brings the wrong traffic so i don't know if you have any explanation about that i always think that if if i'm a dealer i want more foot traffic and i'm gonna hope that the law of average brings brings out a couple more people willing to spend a couple of dollars at my table however if you get the group of people that are there just for the auto and they're taking up space and i don't mean that like in a, in a bad way but they're taking up space for you and I to be walking around with our Zion cases. I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, as you saw yesterday, I navigated that room a thousand times over. And because of all the people just standing around or shooting the breeze or, you know, just chatting about Jose Canseco or reliving the days of being alive in 1927. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a smidge on the frustrating side. You know I, I, I mean, I know exactly what you mean. Cause when I got there, I got there probably like 20 minutes before you. And uh, I just found trees and went to behind the table because there's so many people. I was in the thick of it. And there are so many people that smell like ash cheeks and juice, the wrong juice, if you know what I mean. Um, 
so I was just standing there with trees waiting for you because I couldn't navigate. You, the, the aisles were so small. And if you have two people looking at a table, you can't even get through. And I was like, nope, claustrophobic. I'm going right to trees. <laughs> yeah, this is a pretty big, what do you think, maybe 80 to 100 tables? Not, yeah, 80 to 100. I talked to someone, they said around 95. Okay. Yeah, so I, to me, I like the foot traffic. And I know it's a way like, hey, I'm thinking about going to this card show. I'm not sure. Getting an autograph or having a celebrity athlete might be the might be the, the the thing that pushes you over the edge because you could see him. He was right up on stage, so you could go to the back end of the room and look and see him. So I understand, you know, but I also think a lot of these dealers, and we've been very consistent about this, you're not going to sell a lot when everybody has a cell phone and they can see what cards are selling for elsewhere or what they can hit a buy it now whether it's on any of these marketplaces, fixed marketplace, eBay, and anything, mm-hmm. and you're two to three times that price, I, I just don't understand what the thought process is there. Yeah, there was a ton of ton of dealers that were stingy. I told you about the story. I didn't tell it. So I went up to a dealer, and there's this Jason Tatum uh, Prism Auto rookie year, and uh, he had it stickered at twelve fifty. Um, I looked at Card Ladder. And last sale was 900 bucks for a PSA nine. And I was like, do you have, I try to act nice about it. Cause it's way different. It's like 300, 400, 300 bucks off. And I was like, do you have any wiggle room on this? Here's the last comp. And right when I said, here's the last comp, he's like that 900. He's like, go, go find another one. Go find another one. That's why it's 1250. If you can't find another one, you could pay this price. He's like, I'm not sweating 900 bucks. And I was just like, as, as he's mid talking to me, I just walked away. I was like, I'm not looking at any of your other cards either. Um, because I just got a bad first impression. And I don't like when dealers try to like, you know, throw their testosterone at me about <laughs> like, don't find another card like this. I'm like, dude, it's a PSA nine. It's not even a 10. How about that? Yeah, and you know the, the crazy thing is is Manny is one of the most kind, I know, reserved, thoughtful sweet people and so like even in his interaction it's not at all like rude or like you know being dismissive of what the dealer said it's just like very friendly it's a conversation and so that that same dealer uh he had a Jalen Green downtown PSA 10 I believe pop one and he was just too cool for school yeah he thought too too cool for school you know, he had, you know, PSA 10 of college draft picks. And I tried talking to him. And I'm the same way. And I'm not here to, to bash anybody. But I just, I'm a big believer in treating people with, uh, you know, just with respect and kindness. Because you never know. Like, you had enough firepower in your Zion case that you could have gotten anything done. Mm-hmm. I had enough firepower in my Zion case that I could have gotten anything done. And to, the say, and to your point... When I, when I deal with somebody like that, and that's the way that they're going to treat me and or somebody else, all of a sudden they're excluded. That's one table I don't even have to worry about. Exactly. And it, it, it sucked because he did have some nice cards. It's just like all your cards are way overpriced. He had a – so I was going to try to package. So he had a, a Giannis uh, blue and – or red – what is it? Blue and red, red and blue, white, whatever that card is. <laughs> Rookie year mosaic. Red, white, and blue. <laughs> <laughs> it's early red white blue um, <laughs> prism and uh they were like around a thousand 
and he had a comp at twelve fifty. He literally, I asked how much was it. Literally flips the card over. It's twelve fifty. He's like, oh, that's fourteen hundred. Takes the sticker off, puts fourteen hundred, puts it back. And I was like, what is going? Are do you even comp your cards? <laughs> like, and, like I'm out. So I learned something. I was listening to the Sold Too Early podcast with Dave from Extraordinary Cards. And mm-hmm. one thing, he's got an incredible page. His Instagram page, he's got like maybe 26, 27,000 followers, is he lets people trade up into bigger cards. He trades down into smaller cards. And he used to put a price on there, but his theory or the way he operates is he no longer prices anything because if you start at comp or below comp, it doesn't matter. 99% of the time, the people you're dealing with are going to try to negotiate down. So he just doesn't do it and, or he starts slightly above. So we always used to price 15% right off the jump. Like, so if a card was selling on eBay for a hundred, if it was at my showcase, 85 bucks. Yeah. But if everybody's going to haggle anyway, I understand being around comps or, 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 or I, I, I get the theory behind that. Now, where I will say with Mr. Dealer, and, you know, let's talk about the Tatum, for instance. It's not a pop five card. It's not a pop one. It's not a one of one. It's not a card that's scarce and or rare. And so to, to just use that is kind of like a shitty thing. Now, I understand if like they take the time to be like, hey, so here's the deal. I've done a search. There's not because I've had cards that are like that. I had that that um that white prism Tatum that we bought earlier this year that I bought earlier this year when I was with you, and mm-hmm. I put it up and I had like, I, I got one of those like really really scathing messages on on eBay. Mm-hmm. I had it up for you know I don't know let's just say a thousand bucks our best offer, and instead of making an offer, the guys like this is overpriced. You're a piece of shit. I hope your family died. Like one of those kinds of messages. And so like, like I took the time, I typed him back an essay and then he responded like with something like, Oh, okay. I understand. Thank you. But he came out scathing and I was just like, look, I've searched everywhere. I cannot find any of these. It's pop, whatever it was like in the single digits. Mm -hmm. I think my, my suspicion is a lot of people are holding this card I don't like Tatum. I just got it. I'm just, you know, looking to pass it, pass it on. So it's just, people are goofy. But I think, I think the, the, the important thing that I saw yesterday is despite people being over comps, which I think is going to happen at any show, right? There's just people, it's their money, however they want to navigate. Um, that's on them. But I think the hobby is alive and well. And I think being at shows truly gives you a better idea of the climate than what you see on social media. I, I, I a hundred percent agree. When you go to social media, you, it, it's like, uh, everyone's the walls burning, the house is going down, the village is going down. But when that's because in social media, can I say just social media highlights people's success. Um, and when there's not a ton of easy success for people, they don't know what to do, so they just shit on people. But if you actually go to card shows, it's like I've been building more relationships now um, than I have ever built relationships. And I, I do want to, um, for that dickhead, um, for that dickhead seller, look at this. 
hey asshole i could have i could go and make an offer on this fast break auto yes it's fast break <laughs> and it, but guess what you said i can't find one look at that oh here's one i can make an offer on too so yeah like you said not even hard to find you, you just you just you gotta let that stuff go <laughs> in one year like that that's why i'm like i try to talk with people because real quick you get an idea okay who i that's why i very rarely make a deal right away is because i want to see who i'm going to operate with and i would here's the thing do you remember at national and you know what's funny is because when me and court got the jordan and then we sold like the lubob and the herbert auto the guy that we sold it to who was a chicago dealer had a very similar name to the people you were selling to Oh really? I didn't really very like it was like it was like uh underscore um and like a hyphen difference. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was like ABC or something like that. I don't remember. Forgive me, guys and gals listening. But I went back the same next the next morning. Oh, you're talking about I, okay, yeah. And I sold cards to the people to the guy who was buying from you. Because if you remember, there was one card he's like, Hey man, you're better off holding this, you're gonna make more money. He talked you through it, and it was other than dealing with me, the most painless experience I've ever seen for somebody buying and selling cards. But point being, I was willing to sacrifice a couple of bucks to just go deal with somebody who was going to treat me the way I wanted to be treated. Exactly. Like he was straight up like, okay, I'm going off the last comp, last two couple comps, and we're going 80%. I'm like, if you have a system, I agree with you. And that's why when you go back to like comp and cards at shows, I like the dealers that comp at comps. Because then you could just be like, okay, I'm buying that. What do you, sometimes if you're trying to make money or you're a dealer, you could say, are these comped out? And what are, what do you have wiggle room for? And would, are you willing to go 80% on some of this stuff? What are you willing to go 80% on? Um, and so a lot of the dealers would be like, I don't want to hear this stuff right here. And then you make an easy deal. I, I think sometimes two people miss out on good deals because they're too reliant upon their phone telling them a number and trying to play the math game. Mm-hmm. There are certain cards, if you believe in the card, just get me close to where I feel comfortable coming out of pocket and I'll pay it. And also selling, I'm not going to let a deal fall apart over a couple of bucks, man. It's not like, hey, this uh, 52 Mantle is a $1.2 million card, but you're offering me $300,000. i am not talking like that. But I'm yeah. talking if like you're at like, you know, 50 bucks and I want 60. All right. If you're not going to meet me at 55, let's just do 50 and get the deal done and move on. Yeah, I agree. And I need to learn that because uh, I could have sold my Josh Allen for, uh, it would have been a hundred dollars cheaper, which I probably should, um, should have at the time, but we're going to get it sold. Um, there's a lot of people, the cards I'm starting to realize the cards that I have, um, I'm kind of in trees boat. Me and him were talking about it. Um, we have stuff that's kind of harder to find. And when people see the cards are like, Oh, that's pretty sweet. But then they're not willing to like buy them because they're harder to sell to people. Um, you get cards that are easier to sell and you keep flipping for more stuff. That's kind of easier to sell. And then you grab your P wills that are, you know, the rare stuff. I I've noticed that, um, and I made the mistake of getting all these higher end cards that I can't sell now. So one thing I don't, 
Oh, so I've got a couple thoughts. One, I don't necessarily think I'm buying cards that are more liquid because we've made a point to try to buy stuff that's more short printed, lower pop. Oh, and, and then something that also gives us a little bit of ability where if there if, if it's really hard to come by comps or there are no comps, I know what I paid for and I'm I'm in the driver's seat. Yeah. You know what I mean, so I can I can let it go. I'm also not playing that we're not talking about tens of thousands of dollars. Like I bought a Nikola Vucevic gold out of 10 immaculate patch auto, beautiful Ooh. card game use patch. Uh, I bought it for like 20 bucks on P- PWCC but there- Chicago and offer me 70 bucks. There's no comps. Yeah. I accepted right away. This person I'm sure feels like they got a deal. Cause I probably had it posted at like, you know, 150, 200 bucks. And so I like to play that game now where I was going to go and I've got a question slash comment. Adam, I had a Martinelli out of 10 SGC nine, beautiful card, thick stock looks really good. Great centering. Um, just some of the, the wear that comes with a, a thick stock card. I had this card up, uh, on eBay for, let's just say two months. Promoted the posting, everything. Had it listed at like maybe, I don't know, four or $500. Buy it now. Two views. Yeah. And I was into the card so cheap that I'm like, you know what? Time to let this thing go. Time to go on a new home. I put it up for auction. And within like an hour of it being up for auction, it already had like 10 views. And now it's going to end tonight, Sunday night, probably before this episode drops. It's already got over 40 viewers and it's already above the number that I would have accepted had somebody made me an offer. So I'm not quite sure if there's like an eBay algorithm, but I'm not sure how that works. And so I think sometimes we get discouraged because we put, and that's not the first time that that's happened. We get discouraged because we put a card up, buy it now, and then we don't get the offer. But then the moment you put it on auction, all of a sudden it's all the eyeballs in the world. What's up with that? So I think, I think with the, hear me out. I think with the times people are always trying to get deals now. Right. Um, And if you think about it, eBay auctions is kind of where you get your deals um, that can be made. Right. Sometimes with buy it now is people are kind of stubborn and won't like move down in price, even if you do a best offer. Um, So I think a lot of people might have on their search bars auction type, you know how they do end it soonest instead of buy it now. So I'm curious if that's the way, because it's even haunting me that got that dealer was looking at my Josh Allen. He's like, I like it. You've had a couple watchers at a buy it now price. And I'm like, I don't know if it's getting the eyeballs. It looks because when I show the card, everyone's like, yeah, this is sick. Oh, this is out of 50. It's a rookie. And uh, you put it on eBay. It's a couple, couple eyeballs. But maybe I just need to do auctions. <laughs> Let it ride. Hey, that that's what I'm saying, man. I'm uh, I'm, I'm noticing that because I put a bunch of cards that I had up for sale. You know, expecting, and I tried the TNT route. So we had TNT on Hobby Night School a few months ago, and I was talking about I don't send out offers, never have. To me, excuse me, my thought process is like that makes me scream desperate. Yep, I'm not doing it. Their theory was. We send out offers early and often because it shows that we're motivated to sell. 
Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so now I've just been sending out offers and I think I've moved. I, I don't know. I don't want to say if it's needle moving, but I've seen a little bit of a difference. Yeah. Because the moment I'm trying to, the moment I determine it's for sale, it needs to move. It needs yes. to move. There's no, there's no sitting on it. And so I really think that there might be something to it. I, 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 I suppose with technology, anything's possible. There is some sort of algorithm or something like that, because I tell you, even, even the TG, uh, the TGC, I put up for auction, man. That's tough. People were all over. I put up for buy it now and it was like nothing. And I was like, I kind of expected there to be a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I saw how many people were following bro Namath's TCG cards. So I'm just, I'm just curious if anybody knows anything about how eBay works, you know, drop a comment, let us know. I, w- I would love to know, but I just see the moment you put it up for auction, you get a hell of a lot more eyeballs than just letting it sit in your store with a buy it now. Yeah. Well, one of your cards that's up for auction right now is your Justin Fields that came back. How exciting. <laughs> well, it, it's just, I just throw it up just to provide visibility to the card. It's yeah. not at auction. It's just, I put oh, it up. It's not... Okay. No. I put it up for like buy it now. Well, just because everything's branded really nicely, reckless cards that you know, if somebody sees it, they're able to reach out and kind of see some of the other stuff that might not be available mm-hmm. through eBay. And it was also one of those things like, you know, I was one of the first people to get my field of redemption back. So try to be first to market, maybe get an overzealous buyer who's willing to spend a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so no, I'm excited to get that back. It was I got the email. From Panini that something was being shipped. I had a pretty good idea. It was Justin Fields, and sure enough, it came. Man, that's awesome. At at the at the show, because we kind of split. Were you seeing a trend of what people were buying, um, sport wise, or um, what people were looking for? Because I actually have someone that I heard nonstop at the show, and I want to see if you heard the same. Fucking Brock Purdy. Everyone was asking for Brock. Purdy. At okay, so so slow down. So Purdy and Sanguin. Sanguin. Yeah, the, I, I might be saying his name wrong. The center for the Rockets. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, people okay. were asking for him. I didn't hear him, yeah. but I heard Purdy everywhere. So before we move into that, I want to talk about the redemption thing. Oh, so okay. you know, I bitched and complained for six months, and I know when I say this, there's all the people out there that have redemptions that are two, three, four, five, six years outstanding and or never received it or got uh panini points we've all been there where we get the shitty 250 panini points mm-hmm. so i want to be very mindful of that and to let you know that i'm very fortunate blessed yada 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 to get my card but i was scrolling twitter the other day and shout out to reckless cards twitter i'm almost up to 1700 there you go and it has been an absolute grind i'm not like courtney where i could just put on a tiktok and be a creative genius that she is, and then just jump to like 4,000 or do the stuff that she does with the Insta. It has been an absolute fucking grind to get to 1,700. You don't know how many coffee pictures that's been. <laughs> but uh, I, I saw something, and I asked you can, you, can you pull it up on your screen since you're the, the technical yep. guy? And just read through it. But it sounds like for low-end redemption, Panini is going to start offering some sort of like, um, you know, I don't want to say mystery pack, but here, I'll let you read it. Okay. So on Wednesday, it's launching NFL Mosaic Sparkle Redemption Packs to replace low- and mid-tier players um, for NFL redemptions. Customers with these outstanding redemptions don't have to do a thing. Panini says customer service will start ship packs 
out later this week. So they probably already shipped them um, if they did it later this week. Um, using the address on file inside the pack, there's um, two cards, two limited edition red sparkle parallels, and one short print. So three total cards. Um, it looks like some of the short prints and super short prints have like last year's rookie. Um, so Brock Purdy, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, uh, my guy, Kenneth Walker. Um, but yeah, so it looks like they're, they're just trying to, it seems like they're trying to cut down on the redemptions because they're probably too outstanding. So they're like, let's just give out white sparkle packs. And me and Jeremy are on different views. I think this is dumb. Jeremy thinks it's a good idea. Um, and Okay, so I think it's a good idea in the sense that if I were to spend an astronomical amount of money for wax mm -hmm. and one of my hits was a low to mid-tier player, I'd rather get one of these packs and hope that I could get, I guess for this, the chase would be Purdy and then pick it, right? Yeah. So the thought process is like if it's like a shitty offensive lineman or 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 something, I would rather get that. Now where I think it becomes interesting is like what happens if you have, for instance, you had a Fernando Tatis unlicensed auto that they deem that being mid-tier and you're a baseball guy and all of a sudden you get a shitty pack of mosaic blue sparkle football cards. I could see if that's not your sport. I could see that being frustrated, but when you're talking low tier, uh, to me, I think I would rather have, I, I think personally I would rather have, and this is also like, we should probably run a poll and see because you're the, you're the opposite, right? Yeah. I, I honestly don't like it because um, when they give you these packs, they need to redeem them. Like if you're going to pull, like, let's say I pulled, like, I know you said that Fernando Tatis. We had that in 2020, the peak of the market. Then they deemed it when they wanted to fulfill it as a low end because he got caught with steroids. Well, no, I, I sent that in in 2020. I expect 2020 value. And now they're going to just deem mid. What's a mid tier? Let's say, let's say last year, who's last year's class? Well, that's why it's bullshit because – it's vague. It doesn't give you yeah. any specific. It's not like, hey, mid-tier is going to be defined by X value based on comps on eBay where you can understand where it is. It yeah. allows them to be shitty if they choose to be. And they're going to be. $500 was uh, – what's the cost of these sparkle packs? Someone's going to open get a – say they're going to have like a Tua or Justin Fields auto. Say that, that yours didn't get uh, redeemed. And you end up with this sparkle pack and you're a Bears fan and you pull, let's say, um, Christian Watson or um, George, like George Pickens is good. But let's Isaiah Spiller, you're going to be pissed off. You're going to be like, I want my Justin's Fields. Like, I'd rather wait more to get my auto. Don't send me these sparkle packs. And that, like it says in the thing, you don't have to do anything. They're redeeming them and sending it without even giving you a consent. They're just being like, well, here's your sparkle pack. Yeah, I, I do think the moment – so first off, I think we're in agreement that redemptions are bullshit. Now, on the extreme circumstance, I think 
for un, I understand that there is incredible logistics and coordination to get cards to players all across the country or even globe and get them back in time for release. However, I do think that as operators of a business, nothing is stopping them from saying, hey, we need to plan better. Yep. We need to maybe cut down on the amount of redemptions. And when a player athlete makes a commitment to this, they hold to it. And if they don't, I don't want to say like a penalty, because if you attack a player, their agent's going to defend them. And all of a sudden, anybody that's underneath that agent is going to be damn near impossible to get to sign. But instead of being open and just being like, yeah, we're going to be lazy and we'll do 100 redemptions and whenever we get them, we get them. Maybe we just do like 10. And instead of doing a thousand cards, we just, you know, we have a representative fly there, get the hundred cards, only do like a hundred cards, a smaller amount and get it back. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the kicker is back when products were coming out on time or in the same year, it would be a little bit easier to digest that, hey, man, they're yeah. turning around and Prism's coming out right away and the guys are in the middle of a season and it takes a little bit of time. It's a little bit easier to stomach. This, you're, you're damn near a year behind your release. And the, the redemptions are they're, they're garbage, man. They're, they're these, garbage. Mo- these sparkle packs are literally mosaic, which is a lower tier product people do not like mosaic like they did in 2019 so So, you're given a lower tier product of a rookie that people i don't think the value is going to hold with these rather than what'd you get your justin fields that they could deem as a mid mid tier auto i'd be pissed so one other thing i want to talk about is it here's the thing man the redemptions are shit and until people stop buying the product they're going to continue to do this. Well, they're going to and stop it, buying Panini soon. They're not. In 2015, no, when they lose their license, or 2025, when they lose their licensing to football and basketball. No, no, but I'm saying right now, we can oh, yeah. complain about redemptions all yeah. we want. You see people go, and it's like, hey, you can have this Tom Brady autograph for a thousand bucks, or you can have this mystery box that you might get a hit. For a thousand dollars, and people take wax like almost all the time. That's true. One thing I want to see is like, so this is my redemption, okay? Beautiful. And I, when these started coming the day of, I just looked on eBay, and there was a couple other people who posted theirs, and a couple of them had the absolute worst autograph. It was like streaky, and the the other thing that caught my eye is sometimes you can't control the autograph, but he, uh, the, he took care the, of the, the corners and the edges in these cards. We're beat to shit, and I am so freaking lucky that mine is like I don't want to say pristine, yeah, but it's a thick stock card, but it's Feels- pristine. And so I'm wondering, these people have been waiting a year for their card. This autograph is trash, and the corner's bent to shit. Yeah, let's go ahead and send it out to somebody. Yeah, like I'm sure he signs extra. That's where all the white box one of ones come from. Mm-hmm. The least you can do is send somebody a quality card. I would rather, and that's another thing, if they're going to redeem packet like at National, that was kind of the cool thing. You could kind of hold redemptions and then bring it up to National, like bring it up to National, get a white box or a black box. You can't even do that. They're not giving you the option. They're like, here's your pack. And uh, I don't know, Justin Fields did take care of you. He knew, he knew that was going to 
to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, he knew it. Bears. He's like, he's like, Bears family, I'll take care of you, boo. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's – I don't like it at all. Um, you're paying, like, thousands of dollars for a – Okay, so no, no, I think I think your, the so redemptions are, tr- are trash, right? No, this too, the sparkle. Mosaic okay, sparkle. so it let's say – who is – let's say um, – and this is going to be crappy because we're going to just pick on some poor – athlete who is significantly better at their particular sport than you or I and has more money. So let's just say player X is a undrafted offensive lineman for whatever football product. Yeah. You're telling me that you would rather have that redemption filled with that player. Let's just say mm-hmm. mosaic, non, non refractor, non short print, non serial yeah. numbered. You would rather have that sticker auto than getting one of these sparkle packs. Yeah, but usually the redemptions are usually the higher tier players. Not always. Not always. Most of the time. That's the thing is like you. This thing fucked up mine and Courtney's game because we've been buying low end shitty redemptions of players (laughs) I've never heard of that I can get for three, four dollars in hopes to see if like we can put them into Panini right before national and parlay them into a white box. Yeah. Now I'm wondering, like, damn, looks like I'm going to be getting me some sparkle packs. That's the thing, though. It's like the 50% that has the low end, there's 50% that have higher end autos that are going to get screwed by this. No, because this is low to mid tier. If it's high end. Well, no, no, no. Their mid tier will probably be high tier. Okay. So you're operating under the the, the fact that you're basing this on. The fact that Panini is going to screw somebody out of like uh, Giannis Auto, they're going to be like, "Oh, Giannis is mid tier." Yeah, yeah. Well, you, considering it's not his rookie year, um, or that, and they're not giving you the option to take the Sparkle Pack or your Redemption. They should give an option because they're just basically like, "Here's your Sparkle Pack. You have no other option." Well, I, okay. So that is because sometimes when your initial whatever it is, your 120 days, your 150 days expires, it, it gives you like, "Do you want the points?" Do you want to wait or do you want a replacement card? Mm-hmm. So within the app, I've had that option pop up before. Yep. Based on this article, I don't think they're going to do that for the Sparkle Packs. No, it, it literally says customers with these outstanding redemptions don't have to do a thing. Panini says its customer service will start shipping it out later this week. So they're not even like, they're just like, here's your here's your pack. Happy. But wouldn't it be a better use of money to not... If I'm Panini, and I'm like, and to be clear, they're they're printing money. So from a business perspective, they're doing it to make money. So they're doing great. So they don't want my advice. But why waste the time and effort to get autographs of people who are not coveted or wanted? Yeah. You know? Doesn't make any sense. Like, I'm a Bulls fan. I remember watching Dickie Simpkins play. But you can't tell me outside of Dickie Simpkins' family that there's somebody out there that's like, man, you know, what I would love is a basketball player, a basketball player from the nineties. How about a 2024 flawless Dickie Simpkins redemption? Don't even waste your time. Don't even waste the auto. Don't even waste the cardboard, man. Yeah. But but that's just, that's just me. What the hell do I know? I want, I, I, I'm curious what other people would think on this situation because I'm more upset about not giving the option to your consumer and, um, First, first of all, it's Mosaic Sparkle Packs. It's going to screw some of the people that have, 
you know, higher end autos, player autos that probably aren't rookies, but like a two a second year, if it's around five hundred dollars, they might consider that like a mid tier. Trevor I, Lawrence. I'm just thinking that football. Can I make another confession? What? I don't like mosaic. I don't either. I like I I liked it when it was like a subset of Prism. Mm-hmm. Like there was some pretty, but like the actual mosaic set, I really. Really, really, I don't know what it is about it either. I do not like it. The base cards are shit. The silver, just the regular, those are those are dumpster fire. And you get your NBA debut on some of them that kind of screw up the rookies. I don't know. I don't. I don't like Mosaic. They should have done Prism, and maybe I would have been a little bit more happy if it was like a higher end product because mid tier to them could be a thousand dollar worth of auto, and they're just gonna send it out, and you have no say. And what? Because they're, they're they redeemed it for you. Um, so it's just annoying. I just it's it's goofy, dude. It is absolutely goofy. Yeah. So you know the, the you know what's funny is like um, we were talking about mosaic, and so one thing that I've made it a point is I've even though a card is is awesome, even though and to be clear, if it's an awesome card, I'll buy it, but. With the intent to flip or to sell, I think people need to to do a better job of understanding. Hold on, that, that sounds like I'm telling people what to do. I think there's certain brands and types of cards that people should avoid if you're playing the flip game because they're just not coveted for whatever reason. Okay. Obsidian, obsidian. No, you know, yep. I, went, I went to war, I went to war a couple of weeks ago at PWCC for that one of one for Saka. Um, I'm glad you could and sell you it. can't. What's that? I said I'm glad you could sell reflip some product obsidian. Well, to be okay, I'm tired of this this Josh Allen because I had it sold for you last week and you let it deal fall apart over fifty dollars. Not fifty. It was a hundred. Fifty dollars. No, I said I had it sold at six hundred, and you came back and you wanted six fifty. Oh yeah, you're right. It's my fault. Exactly. I'm an idiot. <laughs> and then you had the opportunity to flip it yesterday into some stuff, and once again, you didn't do it. So no, no, no. You, you said that was you said that was smart after we got off the table. You're like, yeah. Afterwards, whatever. I didn't. I didn't interrupt your deal. I'm just saying, if no, it was no, me. You wouldn't have done it. I didn't. I wouldn't have done that one. Exactly. But I also, I don't like. I'm I'm a Cubs fan. So I don't like Miguel Cabrera and Justin Berlander does absolutely nothing for me. So you have to understand where I'm coming from. And I don't know those markets. You know what I mean? Yeah. But to me, there are certain brands and I've been burned by this. So I'm probably a little more sensitive. Lubab, Black Atomic Refractor, On Card Auto, Numbered Out of 10, Bowman Sterling. Beautiful card. Jersey match. Everything about this card was fucking awesome, except that it was Bowman Sterling. And so... I say all that because with Panini being a little bit late on their schedule, with things being a little bit behind, a little, there's, yeah, a lot. <laughs> People get excited and they're they're I don't wanna, they're starved for product, right? Yeah, they're, they're they're starved for new stuff. So the other day, we all see, and I, I'm bringing it back to your point about Brock Purdy. I see a Brock Purdy card go for a lot of money. A lot of money, dude. A lot of money. So, 
Can you see my screen? Yeah. All right. So you see a Brock Purdy certified signatures mirror. Black one of one did $22,500. Brock in college uniforms, 15K, 13K. Here's Brock Raw. Yeah. $10,000. Somebody bought this at auction. The balls on this person. The testicular fortitude to spend $10,000 on a Brock Purdy. Not, not just, not, 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 and I'm not shitting on Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy certified card. Turn around, grade it, it 10 tens, and then turns around and sells it for 22.5. My man. <laughs> Look at the play. Look at this. I I cannot stand that. Like, what's going to happen next year when Trey Lance comes back? Look at this thing. It went from 6K, right? Yeah. At auction. Somebody bought it, turned around, flipped it for 9700 turned around and flipped for $22,500. I would love to know, this person right here, what in God's green earth are they thinking? And I am not hating. If they are a Brock Purdy super collector and they want this card, by all means, God bless them. But I'm going to switch tabs and I want to make sure I do this right. Can you still see my screen? Yes. All right. Did it switch tabs? Yes, you're on Brock Purdy. And okay. Luca. Luca, Luca yep. Okay. So I, I, I was using, and shout out to Card Ladder for the, the, the friendly, user-friendly interface. I was thinking, what all-time are the biggest sales for Panini Certified? So, obviously, this captures certain words, but something that jumped out to me. Earlier, less than a year ago, Patrick Mahomes, who is an MVP, a perennial MVP candidate, has won a Super Bowl. His one-of-one, BGS9, 10 autograph. Sold for $10,200. So Brock Purdy in a down market sold for more than 2x Patty Mahomes. Well, you even now, got Joe Burrow, right? Joe, is Joe Burrow right under him? Look, that's a Nike swoosh. Look at you've got Lamar. And again, I just used Panini certified one of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, you can manipulate the wording just to get it. But just to, Brock Purdy is like top five. Dude. Granted, the certified one of one was sold three times. <laughs> and I, for the life of me, it if there was a million other products available, you wouldn't be buying the certified. Nope. The minute NT drops, the minute Prism drops, the minute Optic drops, the minute Flawless drops, the minute Panini and One drops... Of, of the one-on-ones and the short print and the RPAs, all of a sudden, in my opinion, I think this card falls by the wayside. It's not even coveted. Let's let's come back and like... And it looks like, unless these old tired eyes are broken, that's a sticker. It is a sticker. <laughs> a sticker. So again, not hating. It could be like a super collector... But this might be the same thing as the $175,000 for a Mac Jones 
and then all of a sudden things get wonky. Well, no, no, no. It's worse. It's worse than a Mac Jones. They have Trey Lance. They literally have Trey Lance as their starter. Like once Trey Lance comes back, their number two pick, the one they are spending thirty some million on, will be the starter. Well, and that's where that's where the question is because we hear this from a a national broadcast view. Like I don't follow the local stuff, so I understand. Like I follow still a lot of Chicago local media, a lot of a lot of I listen to podcasts, listen to local radio, read a lot of local stuff. And so when I hear like the national narrative come in, I can pick through like, hey, that's bullshit or that's lazy reporting. This is what's really going on. Yep. Everything I've heard, this is like, this is still Trey Lance's team. Exactly. And so, like, I get it. Like, if the guy just absolutely goes through the playoffs and is awesome, then He's obviously you have to you have to consider. But yeah. man, oh man, that the. the the money being flung around is crazy. Do they not remember Nick Foles taking the Eagles to the Super Bowl? And I guess he's a rookie, so people are like, oh, Tom Brady, because he got drafted. He was the last pick. They're like, he could be the next Tom Brady. I'm like, you guys are out of control. Like I like I, like I said, all I heard last yesterday was Brock Purdy. And I'm not sure when he actually came. Um, I think – I think week 14 is when he started. And I want to show you this. Look at this. And people – I don't know if people are realizing this. Maybe because I'm a Cowboy fan, I'm trying to hype myself up for the game. Um, Tampa Bay, trash. Seattle was their best team they played. Washington, not a playoff team. Vegas, not a playoff team. Arizona, not a playoff team. That's the teams they beat in the regular season that Brock Purdy start. Well, go to week one, though. Go to week one. Oh, yeah, yeah, right here. Oh, they also lost to Denver, but that's with Trey Lance. Or, no, Jimmy G. Oh, right here. Yeah, it does show. Okay, so Brock Purdy let beat the Miami Dolphins, so I would give them that. But they also, people are not realizing when Brock Purdy came in, guess who else came? McCaffrey. So I've got, I've got a couple of points. I do not want to – dismiss being a quarterback in the NFL. There's no. plenty of teams that have been built to win, ready to win, and they just need a quarterback who manages the offense and doesn't turn the ball over. Yep. Think of like early Ravens with Ray Lewis and they just needed Trent Dilfer to be a serviceable quarterback. Yeah. yeah. This 49ers team, and again, I'm not taking anything away from Purdy, is built to win. Mm-hmm. So Staunch defense. Great offense. You've got a running back that you can hand the ball off to, or you can throw it to out of the backfield, Christian McCaffrey, one of the one of the premier talents in the NFL at the running back position, when healthy. You've got that safety release in the form of a tight end in George Kittle. Yep. You've got Debo that you can throw the ball to. And then what I think is also getting lost in all of this, in all of the hoopla, is Kyle Shanahan is arguably one of the greatest offensive minds in the game and does an absolute tremendous job calling plays and putting together a system of an offense. And that's not just me saying this. This is people around the NFL 
And that's the reputation he has. So I say all that just to be, be mindful of the player, be mindful of the results and how they got there, because there's two different ways that you can look at something. I I share this with my kids all the time. Mm -hmm. I'll draw, I'll draw the number six on a piece of paper and they're sitting across from me. I'll put it down and I'll ask them what they see. And they go, I see a number six, dad. And I'm like, well, I'm looking at a number nine. Am I wrong? No. Are you wrong? No. We're looking at the same thing. You do that to Courtney. <laughs> she, Courtney, tell me to fuck myself. You're saying I see six. You see nine. You ready? <laughs> Here, here's the thing. I got to challenge Courtney. I got to come with the A game if I'm going to challenge Courtney. That's funny. Um, no, you forgot our our thick boy. They also have Trent Williams, one of the best offensive tackles in the league. Um, I had to shout him out. Sorry, he's a thick guy. Um, yeah. So. So no, but I guess it's just it's a very long-winded way of saying, you know, sometimes you just like you gotta like you can if you believe in the player, great man. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe he goes on to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and it turns into a million-dollar card, and we're looking back like, man, we could have had that for for twenty k. I just my fear is the 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 card brand itself, the sticker auto, and then the the no assurance that he's going to be a starter moving forward or that this is in fact them winning games. It's just for me, for that kind of money, you need to show me a little more. Now, if you're playing with seven and eight figure bankrolls, like the Manny Flores is the world, then you can go ahead and you can dabble in that. No, my money is that he's a system quarterback because Jimmy Garoppolo looked really good with them and led them to an NFC championship and Trey Lance looked good when he was playing um, I think it's all comes down to the system. So just be wary. I know it's probably a 49er fan that's pretty hype right now um, that bought it. So, or an Iowa State guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's either way. That's uh shout out to you, man. If you're dropping 22, 22.5 on a Brock Purdy card, mm-hmm. that's uh, that's cool, man. Yep. Also, it's, it's shout out too because it's uh, there's there's some people in this hobby that are like, let's say, front runners. Yeah. And I was talking with somebody at the show yesterday and shout out to all the cool people, man. It was pretty awesome. On a side note, the the amount of people who knew us and then we didn't necessarily know the, well, you probably know them because you're, you're better at that kind of stuff. (laughs) I I was like, Oh man, we love the pod, man. We love hobby night school. Thanks for being here. Like I was with Steven. He's like, Holy shit. You know, everybody. I'm like, dude, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know who who these people are. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I said someone told me that they loved my float or they see, noticed me because of my floating head on my Instagram. So that was pretty cool, I guess. I think. Yeah, I, I think. think. <laughs> and, and we'll just talk about that, too, is uh, big ups to Dom Breaking Wax. He dropped his new episode of of the Breaking Wax podcast. And he had Bro Namath on and they were talking about like. Damn, Brandon, you've been on a media blitz. And then, <laughs> and then Dom was like, he's like, man, I really like the thick boys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, big ups to them. Like, if, uh, you can cook a filet mignon well done, Brandon and Dom. Yeah. And it can still be very tender and juicy. It just doesn't turn into beef jerky. So I would encourage you two fine gentlemen to, uh, you know, pound sand in your ass and uh, eat some mayonnaise. <laughs> boys. Me- medium rare. Yeah. That's all you about my food. I'm particular, not like not just a typical Neanderthal man that just listens to Barstool and doesn't have a brain. 
<laughs> on that note, we did. We we uh, Jeremy texted out that he was going to be at the show, and people reached out and actually talked to Jeremy when he got to the show. Um, so we'll be at Avery's um, show in Lansing this yep. weekend. We'll be set up. So if you want to come say hi, um, come say hi. We're Jeremy might be focused on a deal, but I'll, I'll have some time to talk to you. No, I'm I'm actually looking forward to posting up at the table. It's going to be relaxed, not doing any of the dollar boxes, just going to bring like maybe one to two showcases worth of, of slabs and singles going to buy and, you know, just represent reckless and too thick simultaneously while we're doing that Courtney's going to be in Atlanta at culture collision. So if you're going to culture collision, let us know you link up Courtney, will buy drinks and she's going to be, you know, representing growing the brand down there. And then, you know, uh, you can hear it first, but Court's got a little something that she's cooking in the form of a podcast that's coming soon that I'm I'm really excited about. So I, I, I can't. So we we spent all this stuff. I, I do want to before we jump up out of here. What did you buy this week, if anything? I did buy something. Remember, I was telling you I get into the TCG world. Shout out, Bro Namath, because I got some TCG cards, PSA tens. My hero. These are like the exclusive XRs. XSRs, um, they're the Japanese edition. Um, I guess extremely rare. Bro Namath was just giving me the lowdown. And he, here comes Jeremy going to pull his wiener out and show me a black label. Um, no, no. And I shout out to him too because he, he's an awesome guy and he just threw this one in one punch. Um, P- BGS 10 card. So, yeah, I bought a, um, a Gavi Renaissance PSA 10. Yeah. The other day, it just was so happy to be up in a story sale. And I'm like, take. And the person responded like, really? And I was like, did I do something wrong? This is weird. And they're like, we just didn't think anybody was going to buy it. Um, so just a sweet card. I think the last raw did 250. I bought the PSA 10 for 300. There you go. I like it. So that, that was like a pretty sweet. Now just being, I've, I have a little bit of cash and I've just been very selective and mindful in what I'm buying. My focus has been baseball, but when you see a, a soccer like that, a soccer card like that pop up. It's a no brainer, especially after what Barcelona did to Real Madrid with Gavi and Pedri playing so awesome. But yeah, a couple pickups from yesterday, just uh, the Jazz That's on nice. card out of 75. You got and that from the... Ryan, right? Yeah. Ryan. Yeah, right. I actually ended up getting these in separate deals with him, the Cabrian like Hayes. Um, yeah, just very mindful. And then I, I wish I would have spent more time on this earlier, but I think one thing that I want to share and this may or may not be applicable to other people, but to me is December comps for relatively liquid stuff. I kind of take with a grain of salt because the last couple of years when we attempted to sell during December cards went for way less than what they would have, you know, earlier in Q4, Q3, Mm -hmm. and then Q1. I think there's a lot of people like to try to get liquid to have money for the holidays or they're trying to recognize losses or for whatever reason, it's just not a, a great time to sell. And so what I've seen for a lot of people selling cards now, they're using, if they're using comps from December, those comps are distorted. So that's where it makes sense to just be mindful of, Hey, you know, maybe there was a couple outliers that that didn't make sense. This is truly a $500 card. And not a $300 card. And I think that's what happened with the Gavi is on Christmas Day, stateside, an auction ended or something. And it went 
pretty low, but if you go back to, and it's, it's like a pop nine card. If you go back to like September, October, November, it was significantly up, but they were basing it off that one comp. You know what I mean? And then if yeah. you go and look for what's available now, buy it now is for like seven, 800 bucks. So if you're selling out there, just be mindful of like when it sold and there might be a little bit of reasoning. You might have to do a little storytelling, mm-hmm. but um, if somebody believes in the card you and you can justify it, you're, you're going to be more inclined to get a better number. I like it. I like it. Cause that's, that's actually perfect. Cause December, everyone was trying to sell off, especially after the world cup. So if you're into yeah. soccer, you might get some deals on that aspect. Um, and with that, I hope you enjoyed your hobby release. We have some big guests coming on, uh, for our, our Thursday episode. So be ready. And well, we got, that, we do, we're, we're loaded. The amount of guests that we I have know. teed up is loaded. We're, we're talking with everybody. We're talking with the, the who's who of the hobby down mm-hmm. to like the, the average blue collar people like myself to the white collar people like the Mannies of the world. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Enjoy. And we, we are, we have our guests like, yeah, we we're almost, we got a couple months worth of guests. So I'm excited. Hopefully Big you time. guys are too. And, uh, with that, talk to you guys. Hold on, soon. hold on. No, 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 no. Like, subscribe. Oh. Do you, you have to? You have to do do, do okay. that whole spiel. You like, do it better than me. Follow us on Too Thick on TikTok on Instagram on Twitter, um, on YouTube. If you're not watching us, watching our adorable faces by now, I shaved for you. Um, mm. Subscribe. Hit that like button. Um, Jeremy loves the numbers, so. Um, <laughs> Jeremy posts me the fucking numbers every day, every five minutes. So he loves it. Um, make him happy, please, for me. He makes everyone else happy. Make him happy, kid. <laughs> this this seventy five heart is working. I feel like I've already lost like fifteen pounds in my face alone. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You're looking chiseled. Um, I, I there's a couple guys at the show that are like, man, Jeremy's looking good. I was like, geez, go go grab you a taste then. <laughs> so, mm. Mm. Wait, 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 wait until they wait until they wait until they see me at Natty, kid. All right. Wait until uh, they see me at Natty. <laughs> Have a good That's one, everyone. Sunday morning release, brother. <laughs> Enjoy your hobby release. <laughs>